What's up and welcome to another episode of Movie Schmovie. Uh, this is episode, I think, number 237. We discussed this prior to recording, but I don't know that anybody actually fact-checked that. I went into a podcatcher app and I looked and I confirmed that the last episode was in fact 236, making this 237. Ah. Man, it's amazing that that, that, that resource is so available that any one of us could have done that prior to recording. But you, John... You, John, did that for us, and I appreciate that. My name is Steve, and uh, that was John. And then who else is here? This is Ron. Okay, okay. Steve introed the show. I verified the number. What's your role here? I can tell you what this podcast is about. That works. That works. <laughs> All right. That's a fair trade. <laughs> the culmination of many seasons uh, boiled down to this one final season finale, series finale, episode series finale that we're going to discuss uh big bang theory right <laughs> absolutely is that the, this that's this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. yep yeah okay good 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 good. i got all my notes here i'm just making sure i'm right or home box offices game of thrones <laughs> this is not just a series finale or a season finale this is a phenomenon finale you know what i mean yeah. this is yeah. a this is a cultural monolith that people have been talking about and obsessing over for the last eight years um i guess nine maybe if we count the year they skipped yeah. I'm not sure exactly how many years, but going on a decade, we've been sitting around talking about these characters, the question, who's going to sit on the Iron Throne, who's going to win, who's going to lose. I mean, it's the kind of story where what's going to happen and expecting the unexpected was a big part of, of engaging with the show. And now all that mystery is over. We yeah. see how they ended it. At least the show, the books are another matter, uh, an entirely different conversation. But yeah, we're here at the end of this this huge conversation that people have been having. And I think that is maybe the thing that interests me the most outside of just uh, you know, personal feelings about how the finale went, uh, how characters ended up, is just this idea that people have been obsessing about this openly and around water coolers and on the internet and through memes, and it now is kind of a closed book. Right. Do, do you guys sense that? That it's suddenly vastly less interesting to talk about <laughs> once it's over. It's yeah. a strange thing. There, there is something really cool. I mean, that's that's kind of what I got at a, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh, just the significance of what it what it is to watch the show what it means for it to be on it's one of the few shows right now that everybody was watching at the same time and because yeah. there because each episode was so uh action-packed and had such you know uh, influence on the culture you couldn't miss an episode and I, I this is one of the few shows where I see people declaring that's like a, a a joke that's not funny at all, where people kind of pride themselves in never watching an episode of Game of Thrones because so many people are watching Game of Thrones. Right. And I think that there's there's this pull, push and pull when it comes to cultural phenomenons, people that want to be involved. And honestly, I wasn't at first, but I, I, I will never stray away from something that's of quality just because it's a cultural phenomenon. And this is one of those things that was to me. It's an interesting just point in just media or the, that whole platform of like how you are consuming media or, you know, and, and how how you're ingesting episodic television specifically, you know, whether it's this week to week kind of experience that, you know, is the standard, you know, in the, in the industry still, I guess. But I mean, it's not really very standard anymore when it comes to how much content's out there because, you know, the number of shows that are out there has been exponentially growing year over year because of all the streaming platforms. And it's and what's interesting to me, too, is just like even looking at HBO and how they gather um, their metrics and their performance numbers for a show like Game of Thrones, which obviously, you know, the day after and the day after the day after they're releasing different numbers every day just to kind of boast about how it was basically like the biggest, you know, show ever for them and, and everything like that. But, you know, they are even to a point where, you know, they're able to include numbers that have to do with streaming, you know, the day after and, you know, over the course of the first seven days and like those numbers all factor into, you know, how the industry or how the public or how, you know, whoever is looking at this would say how successful of a show it was. Because, you know, in this situation, like even HBO, like their HBO Now or HBO Go platforms, I mean, those numbers of, you know, when they release that kind of stuff to see how many people are watching it through a standard cable subscription is, it's kind of crazy, like, to think about people canceling memberships because of this series over now. Like, there's 
articles on many of the industry blogs or tech blogs or just media, like entertainment industry blogs that I follow. And then I get feed updates on like telling people how to unsubscribe from (laughs) HBO now because Game of Thrones is over. And I mean, that's the kind of phenomenon that that show is. And it is a really interesting thing to think about just in terms of how it's or what impact it's had on the industry. Because I feel like it's really interesting because... It, it is like the juggernaut show that is is out there or it has now ended. And it is that show that like, you know, people are, you can't miss it week to week when it's airing, especially, I mean, I feel like it just like crescendoed in these last two seasons because the beginning of the end was coming in season seven. And I just think that, um, you know, seeing how that shifts for HBO as, an, as a network and what they have coming out, you know, in the next year, two, three years from now, including possible HBO Game of Thrones prequels, spinoffs, or whatever they might be. But just that event kind of television, I mean, I'm very curious to see, you know, what series comes along and maybe replaces it or becomes some sort of version of it, When whether it's on a standard network like HBO, cable network, I mean, or if it's, you know, a show... That exists solely on a streaming platform. And I mean, there are definitely shows out there that have kind of made their way into the zeitgeist of television and just pop culture that exist only on, you know, Hulu or only on Netflix or, or whatever it might be. And uh, like think like ones coming to mind, things like Stranger Things and, you know, um, Handmaid's Tale and like things that really do seem to be kind of talking points every time a new season and or a new episode comes out depending on what platform it's on but i just can't wait to see what happens like i'm just so excited about you know my own personal experience with television in this new kind of you know experience that we're having with so many options almost to the point that you kind of lose track of what's even available which is kind of scary but it's just this this show is like even though something will come along and be some version of this in terms of popularity I personally really feel like this is like one of the last experiences that like people will have with this kind of show. I mean, like this kind of show is up there, like, you know, in terms of the the water cooler craziness and that you can't miss kind of stuff like Lost and Breaking Bad even most recently. But I mean, it's just it's a dying trend, I think, just because of how fractured the industry is and, and how people watch and where they watch and and in what way we watch TV, like like I say, episode to episode or binging an entire season in, in a weekend. If people really want to cancel the subscription to HBO... That's a real thing. They, they got to wait until May 31st when the Deadwood movie airs and then cancel <laughs> their subscription. Otherwise, right, there's right, some right, kind right, of right. dabbler. They're not really an HBO watcher. Right, right. Um, no, I can't wait for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought just, you know, I think that we do talk about it like there's this assumption that there will be some other cultural thing that'll kind of just lurch into the place that was occupied by Game of Thrones. And I've seen people talking about it like um, I'm on a Facebook group that discusses the episodes after they air. And somebody was saying, what is this group going to turn into now? You know, I've listened to some Game of Thrones podcasts where they're now saying, all right, what are we going to do now? It's like there's been this there's been this community and this fan culture, really obsessive fan culture. And we'll maybe talk in a minute about how entitled and kind of uh, gross that fan culture can be, but um, there's just this. Gr- there's a lot of people built up around this show that don't really want to disperse. They don't really want to stop talking to each other. They want to find other things to talk about that maybe have the same uh, impact. But I think I don't think there will be anything necessarily for the foreseeable future. I think maybe in a few years something will surprise us. Game of Thrones was a surprise in terms of when it became what it became. So I think if we look around and we're saying like, what's the next big thing? I just don't think there is a next big thing. I don't. I don't. That doesn't mean there won't be one coming down the road. I think Stranger Things is a great example of something that might compete in the sense that when it hits, there's a sort of cultural absorption of it. But I think it's a much smaller impact than what Game of Thrones has had in terms of just all the references, all the little little things that you don't even have to watch the show to understand, or probably a, a thousand memes that people have used repeatedly, whether they watch the show or not, because it's just so evocative, and it has captured people's imaginations in that way. So I don't think there is a next Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's weird. I mean, there's a part of me that's that's like, well, gosh, what is it going to be? Like, it will be maybe a little while before something else grabs us like that and pulls us all into that, like, I got I to gotta watch this, but I also have to go to... S- like work the next day or next time I see somebody, I'm going to say, have you seen that? Have you watched that show? Sure. I mean, you can't, man- you can't manufacture that kind of, um, 
that kind of hype and that kind of, uh, I want to say excellence on, on certain levels, but, um, you can make an excellent show that doesn't, that doesn't generate that kind of hype. This was a, this was a magical thing. I agree. And then, I mean, what's, what's also going to be really interesting is the echo of this kind of, what, what this means for a lot of networks trying to manufacture a, um, Game of Thrones clone or something with the same phenomenon. And I just read two days ago that Hulu's adapting Stephen King's book, The Eyes of the Dragon. I've been hearing about other places trying to get things that take place in the same sort of setting. So it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years, just fantasy stuff that comes out and uh, things that will be competing to take its place in. The cultural phenomenon so that actually is a good segue into maybe talking a little bit about game of thrones itself as a story or as as, as to what made it so interesting to people i i was thinking about this especially with regards to how they were going to wrap it up and i thought that game of thrones was you could argue it was at its best when it was small moments between characters like uh, when this when this season started off with two episodes full of long conversations between characters that we maybe hadn't seen interact before or that we hadn't seen talk truthfully to each other before, who now all these interactions were happening, and I was saying I love it. This is my Game of Thrones. Seeing these these histories come into play, seeing these yeah. characters who have spent seasons apart, maybe the entire show apart, and now they're finally able to say, "Well, here's why I did what I did," or "I'm sorry," or whatever. Um, right. I love that, but I also think the show is is proven to be pretty magnificent when it goes for the the spectacle and the scope and the scale of of real uh, fantasy storytelling, like actually trying to bring innovative filming techniques and certain things that this show can do into the sort of thing that you associate with cinematic storytelling. So it's got the spectacle side, like the battle episodes and anything to do with the dragons as the show went on. And then you've got the the other stuff, the smaller stuff. And I was thinking that in both cases, the show was really at its best doing those things. But I think without one of those elements, it wouldn't have been that phenomenon. I, it had to have the actual qualities of, of an excellent fantasy film that you might watch. But it also had to have the qualities of not that. It had to be grittier and dirtier and a little meaner and maybe more surprising. And it had to do some of those reversals of character. So I guess I'll just open up thoughts on the finale by saying I thought that the show, if there's one thing I really enjoyed about the finale, it was how much it did balance those moments of spectacle and just how big the show has gotten. But also, some of the best scenes were scenes between two characters. Sure. Um, in fact, one of my favorite scenes from the finale is a long conversation between Tyrion and John that really gets at the heart of both of those characters. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, I think this show, I, I, didn't know, I didn't always like the way the story went in the last couple seasons. And like many people, I felt that it was at times rushed and at times kind of drawn out. But um, I, I don't find myself nitpicking it that much in the end. I think they had this intense juggling act of trying to satisfy those two needs, the need for spectacle and the need for whatever it is, that, that Game of Thrones flavor that is a scene you wouldn't see in, in the average fantasy story. And I think they, I think they went out with both of those qualities uh on full display so i was i was satisfied with with the end in that sense i i guess i think that it's probably at its best when those quiet conversations are building to the big spectacle and i think of like you know and i guess that's probably what a lot of the most of the backlash you know like what would take a season before to like really build through dialogue and character interactions and like just a, you know, a character arc through a season, you know, to get to a really big action set piece at the end of a season or, or, you know, in the second to last episode. In these last two seasons, we're happening, like, inside of self-contained episodes. And, I mean, while that can be a criticism, like, I didn't really personally mind it at all. Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the show overall, and I think some of the best things that I, that I see in my memory of the show are some of those amazing, like, one-on-one character conversations, long, drawn-out, dialogue-heavy scenes that really get to the core of, you know, who this character or that character is. But, you know, you can't dismiss, like, how amazingly scaled and, you know, just set up and shot some of these battle sequences were. Um, And just the scope of the series felt bigger and bigger with each season. Um, But, I don't know, overall, I mean, like, I kind of guess I'm on the same boat as John. Like, I I really enjoyed the, the finale. I, for the most part, really enjoyed the last season, you know, even season seven. I mean, like, these last two kind of feel very connected. Um, And, I mean, that goes, you know, 
I, I get a lot of the criticism and like I guess overall like the only thing that I would really just we, we've talked about this on our thread on Facebook like it's just you know like I said just now it's like it what would take a season before was taking an episode or two and that 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 kind of felt a little odd to me and it felt a little uncomfortable at times to really not pay the attention to some of these characters finally meeting one another or or something happening between those characters that we finally wanted to see happen and it just seemed to happen like in the last 15 minutes of an episode or you know and that would be my biggest criticism was just that overall you know I think it tracks in seven and eight that it just you know there was a lot that just felt really rushed and I think it hurt a lot of people's experience getting to the end because, you know, it's like I, I don't really see a lot of weight or value in people saying that like some of the terms, the turns that happened in this last season, like were just out of nowhere and like that, you know, it didn't make sense, things like that. I don't think that so much what happened didn't make sense. I think it's just how it happened that really is what's bothering most people. And, and I can I can I can get behind that. Um, I think that that's probably the only thing that kind of bums me out is to be selfish. I wanted more episodes and I just can't help but think that if there was more episodes, there'd be more time to spend, you know, kind of getting to some of those, uh, peak, uh, getting to the peak of some of those, you know, character arcs or, or whatever, um, or scenes of action or whatever it might've been. But, um, I, I fucking love this show. Like, this is an all-time show for me. Like, it's probably in top three, um, like, as a series. And I just think that, you know, what my theorizing and or my expectations or what I wanted to happen in the series, whether that happened or not, like, I feel like my read on the show is not... I, I'm not measuring it against that. I'm measuring it against what the show was and, and, w- and what it did in the last season and how it ended and, and what story they told. And... uh you know, there's a lot happening, and I think that kind of made a lot of people uncomfortable, and it kind of bums me out a lot, to be honest with you, to kind of hear some people, like friends, and even just, you know, read a lot of stuff online, like in the wake of this final episode, you know, because I feel like this show means a lot more than some people are, like, giving it credit for, and kind of dumping on the show that you spent all this time with, that you're just gonna, you know, that it's kind of just been written off in a lot of ways, which, to some people, which... It's kind of ridiculous to me, in my honest opinion, but I mean, you know, it's each their own, but it kind of bums me out that it's not going out with that, like, excitement that everybody is, you know, went into the season with, and, you know, that kind of, I feel like is a little tragic for a series that's been so popular and beloved and just such a a landmark series in the history of television. When they announced they had 13 episodes left and that those were all going to be kind of like bigger episodes in a way that they were going to maybe have more budget to do things. I think that Benioff and Weiss, the the guys who run the show and are kind of like the, the guys, if George R. R. Martin is the guy who looks over the books, they're the guys who, who run the show, you know, so it's really their show for those yeah. last couple of seasons. I do think the tone changed and I do think it became in many ways more like a movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and in some ways that was cool. And I think we talked about it during the last season that these these we liked the the moments because the acting and the production value and the set design and everything was so great uh, and so routinely and just across the board excellent that you would say i kind of forgive the clunky plot mechanics that led us to this moment that in, in an earlier season might have had more time to unfold so it did feel like as it got more exciting in a way or more rushing towards that climax it did kind of dumb itself down a little bit and as a fan of the books and a fan of the earlier seasons that stuck to some of the complexities of the books. I was a little sad to see the show become a little bit more mainstream in that way, just a little bit more conventional because it was going for that, let's get this story done, let's let's move type pacing. So I think that's awesome. But I want to just say this. People who read the books know that at the end of the fifth book, we were like a few seasons back in terms of what's happened so far. And George R. R. Martin has two books left. So if he's telling the story that's been told on the show or anything even close to it in the books, those last two books are going to be rushed as hell, too. That's true. It's not just the guys making the show that started off slow and deliberate and then ended up maybe having to speed things up. If George R. R. Martin does in two books what he has left to do compared to what he did in five books, right? Um, then those books are going to be whiplash. They're going to make the show look like it was in slow motion. <laughs> so I, I don't know quite what people think he's going to be able to do. I think those books might be excellent. I like the books. But I don't see how... 
this whole attitude of the showrunners somehow perverting what the show or was meant to be based on the book. So even though I, I you know, I, I do think sometimes they did veer away in a way that I didn't like, but they still made this show that, as you said, Steve, is stands up as one of the best shows ever made. Um, well, I was just going to say that uh, regardless of the source material, books are books, shows are shows. And for somebody to make anything work for one season is hard. To make it work for eight seasons is fucking crazy. So here's my here's my bold statement. <laughs> Game of Thrones did for the fantasy genre what The Wire did for the crime drama. And by that, I just mean the idea of humanizing characters that we wouldn't be normally acquainted with and finding out their motivations is something that I cannot point out in anything fantasy wise that i've seen done as well as this has been done and the only thing i can think of that really compares in terms of interpersonal relationships in a show is the wire so in my head these two are kind of parallel to each other even though they're not even remotely uh, similar there's something very similar about their approach to relationships because you know that relationships are kind of the root of everything that exists in the world. And for some reason, most stories don't concentrate on that as much as they should. So I think that that's at the heart of it. Those relationships are what brought us in, right? That's that's what you guys keep saying. That's what everybody else says. So when it got away from that in season seven and eight, I can understand how somebody felt betrayed. But the thing is, you can't throw away the groundwork that was done in some of that, you know, the first six seasons that I feel like we owe a great debt of appreciation for what they've built. And they were allowed to kind of make it move a little differently in the last two seasons to me because they built all these relationships. You know who these people are. You know how they work. You know how they've worked with each other. It's okay to get a little loosey-goosey when it comes to how the events are going down just because six seasons of this you know what i mean like we we can't have people talking face to face for for two more seasons if we want to get to the nitty-gritty of everything so i get i really get both sides um but i really do think there is a lack i mean and i know that this kind of comes with the way that media comes out and it's it's kind of easy to think like oh this is just another show i'm watching but this show was made with so much love so much care especially in comparison to things that are on tv i mean i like a lot of other tv but nothing really compares to the scale the detail of hbo shows and i know that's like a thing that we talk about pretty often but it's nothing fucking with their their material like there's there's nothing that compares to the the detail that they take when it comes to these shows and this is one of those shows that i i mean i'm i'm a convert man like my girlfriend got me into it you know i kind of watched i watched the first two seasons first three seasons skipped four or five and and she kind of got me in and then i was like all right well let me give it a try and i got hooked and i think some of it was just kind of realizing that maybe you know some of those things are you kind of got to leave stuff alone and come back to it and i think that game of thrones is going to be one of those shows that people are going to be watching for a really long time over and over and over again as much as they shit on this last season um you can't forget how great this show was overall and and i I cannot dismiss that because of this throwaway culture that we have it was an incredible experience and i wouldn't trade it for the world so yeah, now that the question about how it's going to turn out or or who wins or whatever, now that that question is over, it does just kind of exist as something, one of those shows that you can say, um, oh, I, I might just watch that again from the beginning. Yeah, This last season was about getting it down to the core characters, the core relationships, yeah. and seeing the things that had been set up a long time ago play out. Can you imagine the pressure of having to wrap up a show like that? No. Absolutely not, man. Oh, my God. The finale episode. What scenes are in that episode? What story do you tell? Um, I guess we can kind of maybe skip into a spoilery zone in a second here and talk some of talk about some of the things they actually did that we may have liked or not liked. This, this I got to be honest, the last, like, three episodes were pretty nuts. Um, in terms of what I expected, I, I came in with no expectations besides I wanted to see some people die. I like to see collateral damage. Um 
But, you know, I, I, I couldn't have guessed some of this stuff. I know, John, you said that you, <laughs> you guessed something pretty early <laughs> that I would never have guessed in a million years. The Jon Snow stuff, I, I swear I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, I, I had a problem with how, how deep his ethics went and what they were motivated by. And he confused me a lot. I mean, he just didn't talk at some point. Like, I, I, I wish that I knew his motivations besides him being loyal to the throne and him being a stand-up guy. I wish I knew a little more about that stuff. And it would have helped me understand everything else that was happening. But that was the thing that bothered the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Without saying too much about the actual story, I, w I would say that I thought that it was funny the way he kind of fell into the Ned Stark role of being so noble that it kind of made him dumb. Yes. That it make it makes him kind of a blunt instrument, you know, for whoever he's he's pledged his allegiance to, he's going to do what's right by them or by the by the law or whatever and he's he's a little too I guess I got to tell everybody this thing because they need to know. All this it reminded me a lot of Ned Stark. Um the way that he the way that you kind of saw through his heroism and saw that he's kind of like a little bit thick-headed. <laughs> <laughs> What did, what did you yeah. think, Steve? Did, it, did the, did the storyline take you by surprise, or did it kind of seem like it was just the perfect ending or somewhere in between? Um, I don't know that I would say it's perfect, but I felt like I kind of got a pretty good read on where I felt like the story was going. Uh, like, you know, pretty early on this season, at least. Um, again, like I said earlier in the podcast, like I tried to watch this show without like pushing my theories or what I wanted onto it in terms of how it ended. But... Um, you know, I, I, I don't really, I, I, I kind of feel like I don't really take much issue with, with how the whole series went down. I mean, I, I like where, without getting into spoilers, I, I do like where the vast majority of these characters ended up by the time this episode ends. And um, especially, you know, um, I actually really enjoyed seeing where Jon Snow ends up. And I kind of, that's the, that's the piece that I kind of felt like I had an idea on like you were saying john like you know basically once they left winterfell in this season i kind of had an idea where i thought his character was going to end up um but i don't know i just yeah i'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty happy i don't know that i would say it's perfect but um i don't really know many finales that are and and they're they're pretty uh rare and you know like i was saying earlier like thinking of shows like lost um you know that's probably one of the you know recent memory like you know a massive show that has a very divisive finale or final season and you know just like this show does but then there's people that love the way that that show ended and i probably fall into that category for this this series because i'm pretty happy with where i saw most of these characters end up sometimes with a story like game of thrones you're surprised to see a happy ending or anything like a happy ending but you're kind of glad and i felt like the wire did that to me i kind of wanted it to be happier than than I thought it was going to be and so I was relieved to see that there were some there was some mercy shown <laughs> to some characters at the end. So I guess to me it felt like one of those kind of down the middle finales where it just tells the end of the story you've been watching. So it doesn't it doesn't have to reinvent the wheel or really shock me, but I honestly think I kind of echo what you guys have said in the sense that um and it sounds like we're all in this same boat, that one of the keys to enjoying this was not having such expectations that you were married to. Right. But I understand there are those people who have pet theories and things they just thought were definitely going to happen. And some of that shit sounded crazy to me uh, because it sounded like, what do you think they're going to introduce some ancient prophecy in the last episode and it's suddenly yeah. going to be so important and like five new characters right. are going to show up right. or whatever. Right. People just are, are crazy with what they assume is, is coming or what they say, if they don't do this, then I'm going to walk. I'm done you know? with this show. But, right, yeah, you're done in the last episode. So, I, I don't know. I kind of think that that is a key to me enjoying this last season or two of the show, is sort of going, oh, okay, this is not necessarily George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones. This is Benioff and Weiss's Game of Thrones. And it is, as, as we've said, an epic piece of television. And I'll enjoy it uh, for that purpose. So, I guess this is the point where if you're someone who's uh, listening to this show and you don't want to know what happened in the last few episodes of Game of Thrones... This would be a good time to jump off and come back soon when we might actually get back to talking about movies. It, it, it might happen. <laughs> so, so I have a, a question for you guys. Uh, first, first scenario, dragon swoops down, dragon gets shot, dragon dies. Second time, more ships than before, and the dragon is much more precise, 
much more targeting. I don't understand the difference between Dragon A and Dragon B when it comes to attacking a place. Can you please explain this to me? <laughs> please explain the logic. Are you talking about the dragon that was shot out of the sky by the boats? Yes. I feel like De Niro should have seen that fleet uh, a long way off. I also thought it was rather sudden. It was gross and sad and and it was effective but it seemed like such a dumb way for that to happen which i guess the randomness of it was was what they were going for yeah but i agree yeah that they were further away and they got them like four times in in five seconds and then when they're closer to the dragon and the dragon's diving at them and they've got all their weapons trained on it they miss him completely (laughs) so i don't i don't know uh, the reason why okay this this will be my one Probably my one sort of annoying nerd, uh, this is what should have happened uh, idea. If that dragon had gotten killed in the battle on King's Landing, it would have made Daenerys' turn make a lot more sense to people. 100%. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it would it would not have seemed as random, I don't think, if he had survived to like be in a battle and they didn't have to get taken by... Maybe they could have seen the ships and been like, oh, there's a big fleet coming in and kind of dive around or something. I don't know. I just felt like that was a sad way for, uh, for that dragon to go out. Um, especially because, I don't know if you guys noticed, they throw in like sad animal noises when the, when the dragons get hurt. They're like, meh, they're, they're like, they're, they're sad. Yeah. Uh, it was cruel to do that to Rhaegon or Rhaegal. <laughs> Rhaegal. Um, and that means John loses his dragon too. I don't know why he wasn't more pissed about that. That just kind of seemed like it was out of nowhere. I think that was the point to, for it to be sudden and unexpected. I do feel like Daenerys's turn was sort of foreshadowed on the show. That doesn't mean it was set up completely. I do think this is one of those areas where if we'd had more episodes, we probably would have gotten a better picture of her transition. And, yeah. and how she was showing these signs. They kind of rushed that to make this work. But I thought she performed it well. And that weird thing she does when she's looking down and her face just changes yeah. um, before she dives in. I thought that was effective acting and the storytelling was, you know, it was epic. But it did seem like, wow, what happened to the Daenerys that we knew? It didn't seem like she had quite that level of madness to her. Yeah, I think that's a pretty silly... I mean, like, I think that whole scene is kind of silly. I mean, just to kind of agree... I mean, I guess, like, you know, in, in, in the wake of the episode, I'm, like, thinking more, like, trying to think in their headspace and say, okay, well, you know, Rhaegal was, was injured pretty severely at the at the, uh, the Battle of Winterfell, and, you know, everybody's saying, like, don't fly, you, know, you, you should let him, you know, recover, and she's in a rush to go basically just destroy King's Landing and take it from Cersei, and it's, like, it's just, like, a sequence that's kind of showing her... Not only like being off guard in terms of what she's even doing in the sky, but like also just like not not listening to anybody, um, you know, besides the tunnel vision that she had just to get to King's Landing. Like the the moments leading to that sequence. I mean, that's what I can make an excuse and, and say, okay, that's probably what they were thinking. But yeah, I just don't think it plays out and doesn't have nearly the impact. I was reading a similar kind of suggestion like a scenario where you know at the battle of king's landing if like when she does that land like where they where her and Drogon are perched on that building like if Rhaegal was still alive and like in a sequence even if john was on him where like Rhaegal is shot down and she sees Rhaegal falling and john falling and thinking that possibly both are dead and that's the turn or something along those lines like that would have been way more impactful and made a lot more sense um, for her turn and also just for, you know, the death of a dragon, which is like insane, you know, in the show's history, like that's a pretty monumental thing to happen. And it just kind of felt like a, yeah, like John was saying, like it went, there was like a shocking moment, but just kind of a little cheap, I guess. That's a great way to describe it. <clears throat> cheap. Yeah. I, and I think, I think the, um, the other thing I was going to mention real quick about what were, you, what were you saying? Oh, oh, like not to get into like the details of it, but like I think the difference between the sequence of her on the, those dragons and her coming into King's Landing on Drogon in the final episode or the second to final episode was I just think that like it's it's also just intently showing like a lack of focus. Like I think that her going from King's Land or Winterfell to King's Landing and losing Rhaegal, like like I said, like she wasn't like paying attention to anything. Like you know, even though she should have had the advantage of seeing stuff. And I think that kind of like, you know, in the episode following when they actually are planning the attack and she makes the comment like, you know, just look for me. You'll know you'll know what to do when you see it. When she tells Grey Worm that it's like you you see somebody who is like refocused and, you know, just hell bent on destruction. And like 
coming down from the sky, from the sun, and you know, like there's obviously more of a in her mind, like a technique in terms of how she's going to approach this, knowing that these things could be shot at him the way that they took Rhaegal down. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's supposed to be huge and epic, and also Drogon's the strongest and the biggest and the you know, ideally, I guess, smartest of the dragons. So there's a advantage there, I'm sure. And I've just spent five minutes explaining why this dragon could outsmart all those scorpions. So uh, you guys are welcome, and that's how much I love this show. <laughs> I think the show gets into the nitty gritty of that kind of detail, though, and and it I does. Do, the, the verisimilitude that we keep talking about, the character relationships, the sort of the the hints of nuance, and even the most evil characters. At least most of the most evil characters. There were some people who were just pure evil, like Ramsay Bolton, uh, who had no nuance. But Cersei had nuance, uh, you know, oozing out of her ears. And she was also an an unquestionable villain in the show. Yeah. And seeing what happened to her in the second to last episode as well, and her brother Jamie, that was one of the big emotional climaxes for me. And even though the scene in the next episode where Tyrion finds them in the rubble, and and it, it's yeah. kind of a stupid moment in the sense of how easy they are to find and how it, it seems like they could have avoided death pretty easily <laughs> if they just moved over. Yes, uh, it's th- th- their death becomes <laughs> their deaths become like Theon's death, where if he had just hung out by Bran, he would have been okay um, because Arya was coming. And uh, in this case, yes, if they had just stepped underneath that archway. But I still thought the emotional moment of Tyrion reacting to their deaths and the fact that he was directly slash indirectly responsible for them being there. Um, I thought that was a poignant scene. And I thought that particularly in the case of just Peter Dinklage's uh, performance, I, he didn't get to play that moment very much. But this was a, a thing that was a, a series long theme for his character, for Tyrion to be sort of like, he loved his siblings, even though, um, you know, Jamie at times was awful and Cersei was pretty full on awful, but like he kept giving him chances. And that was one of his fatal flaws. But it was... Um, Fatal to them, not him, <laughs> in, yeah, in the end, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was... And I will say, I guess, since we're talking spoilery and we're in this zone, I will say that even though I thought some of the ways that they played the Tyrion stuff in the finale was a little bit overdone, and I didn't necessarily buy all of his speech to the council there about stories being the most important thing and why Bran should be the king, but in terms of the overall arc for him, I liked the idea that Tyrion had something of a redemption arc, had an idea that everybody liked, which was Bran being king, and then from there... Um, gets to be perhaps the hand of a good king, which is what you sort of always wished for him. So maybe that's a little bit of a fan service yeah. kind of happy ending, but I appreciated that he was one of the characters who got that sort of like, he's sort of in his perfect spot. I know we were talking earlier, Ronald, you and I in particular were worried about Tyrion taking a dark turn, but I feel like they, the, you know, the moment where it could have gotten really bad is when he pulled out that pen and dropped it and quit working for Daenerys, which was a great moment. But I, I was wondering, like, uh-oh, is this the sign that, that we were right? He's he's going down. But did you did you feel like it was uh, earned that he got to kind of have a redemption arc and a second chance, or did you think it was too much? Yeah, I think so. I think, but... <sighs> yeah, yeah, more than anything, more than anything in the sequence of events, I don't understand how you stab the queen... And you and they don't show him getting taken away or what happened with Jon Snow and then the interaction with Tyrion and Jon. I, I just that part started to get a little muddy to me. I just I, I it felt like they were fast forwarding so much. I'm like, all right, all right, well, hold on, how did hold on? You killed the? Did they beat him up after that? Did they? I don't. How did he just get locked up? I'm so confused. I just well, Grey Worm is like running I, shit, and I, 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 I didn't, I didn't quite yeah. like the way he kind of turned into a villain. Almost. Me too. Me but, either. You know, th- I felt like they could have had him show more resignation about um, what he had to do at that moment. But yeah, the idea that John is now just a prisoner made sense to me. But I do think the timeline was kind of screwy. But there, there were a couple of little jumps in there. Where um, where Tyrion had time to grow his beard out, and then he kind of got set free, yeah. and then he went and talked to John. So they had two conversations. You know, the first conversation was when John was was free, and Tyrion was a prisoner of Daenerys, and I I really liked that scene. But Me too. yeah, the later scene, I almost forget what was talked about in that scene, except that there's a deal for John to go, um, to go north to go back to the wall. And that was the thing. I didn't so much predict the wall because I didn't know they would ever... I don't know the what is the Night's Watch at this point. It seemed like everybody got killed. Uh, but I, I did think if Jon Snow does what I think he'll do, which was to kill Daenerys, which just kind of seemed like his storyline, 
um, then the next best thing for him to do would be to sort of go into exile or to leave and just just fuck off up north because <laughs> that's where he likes to go. So um, I didn't so much know about the specifics, but that was the plot line you were referring to earlier, Ronald. If anyone out there listening is interested, that that I that I sort of guessed. Yeah. I, I guessed a couple of other things that were sort of close to the truth, but I also thought for sure that Tyrion was going to die, and that did not happen. So so I don't know if I had much of a handle. And like I said, I didn't have I didn't have a whole lot riding on it in the sense of things that I really thought. Oh, this has to happen. I was actually kind of ready for anything. Did you have anything that really stood out to you, Steve, as like a great character fate or or something that uh, left a little to be desired? Um. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think in general, like I was just pretty satisfied with where most of these characters that I really enjoyed ended up. I mean, I, I did really enjoy John kind of, I, I love that sequence. Like just thinking back to how the show starts with those Rangers going north of the wall, you know, and it's like a similar shot. I just love that, that shot and the, that, the composition of that shot and him turning back and, you know, kind of just like knowing he was never going to go back. And I, I like that a lot. Um, I enjoyed like Sansa, you know, in that in that King's Council meeting that was that where they all kind of decide what's to come. I kind of enjoy even like against, you know, her brother being proposed as the new king, like still kind of demanding that Winterfell be its own, you know, thing in its own kingdom, which I thought was really awesome. Um, just you know to kind of continue along with her like kind of ascension to like really truly ruling that kingdom and being the character that you know a lot of people have kind of followed along to being the strong leader that she is in the show um but yeah i mean i don't know i i, I like the the king's council uh like the like the the, the whole table sequence with Ser- Tyrion kind of setting up the meeting and like you know kind of making it just and and clean and and the way that he remembers it being and you know kind of how this is a whole different just kind of reinforcing that in, in you know an indirect way how the wheel was broken and like how things are different and you know this is a much more casual open kind of conversation when they're when they're having those meetings that I'm you know his that he saw his father having for a prior king and you know even that he'd been a part of for a different king or queen and uh I don't know I, I dug it all man like I really did I mean I was very satisfied at the end of the episode and uh yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to miss looking forward so much to like watching this series every Sunday for sure. There was also some really amazing, just, you know, for uh, D, uh, D, they call D&D, uh, Benioff and Weiss, like the, the, directing this episode, I thought there were some amazing shots in this series, in this series finale as well. Um, I know it's kind of like the one that's on the internet everywhere, like the whole shot of Danny kind of walking up to those that set of stairs with the dragon wings flying out behind her. Oh, that was so and, cool. And that the dragon like, taking off. I'm just like, yeah. holy shit, that's the money shot right there. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, that was, sold her wow. transition to being sort of the evil mad queen. Yes. Yes. No, I, I agree that uh, this the storyline that where Sansa ended up was was cool, and the idea of Winterfell being independent and it's the sink the six kingdoms now, yeah. and you know Arya going off on her adventures. I, I liked the idea that the Starks sort of had this ascendance at the end. For sure. Um, yeah. Definitely. I think that that is a, a a cool idea that you can say the story was setting that up all along that we were going to watch this family get destroyed and then kind of pick itself up out of the ashes. And um, I can believe that that's where the books are going. So, the, and and that seems like even if the specifics are different, which they probably will be, because there's so many different characters in the in the book and and versus the show and vice versa. That like, yeah. I don't think the story's quite done. I think George R. R. Martin now has time to go and and finish his books if he's actually going to do that, and and people will still be interested. But as far as the initial pulse of just people being excited ab- uh, about this idea, you know, that ha- came to an end on on Sunday. And I yeah. am, like you said, Steve, I'm generally satisfied. I found myself a little bit bored in weird ways in the last couple of episodes because I felt like they used those extra that extra runtime to just kind of draw things out a little bit. And there mm-hmm. were certain times where I thought, like... Um, Use this time for something else. <laughs> well, I mean, I was, I was also thinking, like, I'm kind of glad I'm not sitting there with a group of people trying to watch this, like, in a party setting because that last 40 minutes would have been a weird thing to watch around a bunch of people. Do you know what I mean? Like if you were having a viewing party, it was kind of contemplative and meditative. Uh, they kind of got the uh, the big 
scale out of the way in the first half. So, yeah, it was an interesting story, but as finales often are, and the best ones I think sometimes do provide that idea of kind of an epilogue. And I yeah. thought that that last chunk was really just about showing you what happens to the characters. And, it, and you know, showing you what happens to the characters in a way that um, hints at what could be the next installment in this story but we know we're not getting that we're, we're leaving it here so i thought it was significant and and again it was a little heartwarming that they gave appropriate happy endings to to more characters than i thought they would i i, right. I kind of thought the right. ending was going to be a little bit more brutal but in the end uh you know it was uh like it was truly bittersweet with the emphasis on the sweet yeah um, which may have may have been the most surprising thing it, it really, yeah i think i think that's Definitely. i think that's probably a factor in some of the general audiences like kind of push back against some of the show is just that like you know it seemed a little happy of an ending i mean with the exception of danny obviously which is a big flashpoint for a lot of the feedback and pushback and uh you know negativity coming at the series and and the you know showrunners or whatever but i don't know i i I just was really i mean that's like like i mean no no exaggeration like this last two seasons will forever be remembered in my mind like just the event of watching it every week like i'll never forget like season seven like that was you know when my daughter was born like that summer and watching it facetiming with my closest friends like literally watching it every sunday through facetime with our two top you know two little infant babies like sleeping you know with us like it was just like a there's like something stained in my or like kind of forever like cemented in my brain like beyond just the show as a show like there's a it, it had a place in you know, in my life over the past two seasons, these last two seasons, because like getting my friends caught up on it, them finally binging it and we could all watch it together and like going to watch the final episode with them and like watching it together and just kind of feeling and however we felt about it. Like, I just don't know that I'm going to experience that again. And I mean, with television at least, and I mean, I I hope I'm wrong, but it's, uh, man, it's crazy that that series, that that show is done. It's wild. It is. What else you guys got going on? Nothing. Game of Thrones. Life's over. Yeah, I don't Game know. Game of Thrones. Life over, man. I'm done. Game I'm over. We didn't talk about the biggest moment in the finale for a lot of folks, which was seeing Jon Snow finally uh, pet Ghost. Yeah, that was very nice for me. And I, honestly, like I, it bummed me out, like when he didn't do much with Ghost in the two episodes prior. But that's a point where I realized, or I kind of felt that can't be the last thing that he does with Ghost. Like it just wouldn't be right. And I'm glad that. I'm glad that he got that moment and Ghost got to go beyond the wall with him. And I don't know. I fucking love Ghost. I love all the dire wolves. So it was cool to see them. So what other shows are are you guys like geared up for now? Just, you know, to kind of end the episode, like what's on the horizon that you're watching now or that is coming up in the next like month or so or a couple months that, that has you jazzed up? Watchmen. Oh, yeah. The Deadwood movie is a big one for me. Yeah. I know I already mentioned that, but yeah, that's something same. that I, I sort of have... I've been anticipating for so long, I kind of can't believe it's it's actually here. I expect it to be yeah. possibly brutal and heartbreaking, too, but I also expect it just to be cool as hell. So it'll be good right. to see those characters back. Right. So that's, that's big for me. And as far as television shows, you know, I don't really know... I guess we know in a, it's not too far off. A couple months, we're we're gonna get Stranger Things uh, season three. That looks really good. That yeah, that's um, the one for me for sure. Can't wait for that. Anything else? For me, Billions. I love Billions. Yeah. Uh, American Gods. I need to finish that. I'm, I'm I was really into the first two mm. seasons. Um, incredible show, man. I, I it's it's a strange one, but once you yeah. get into it, it's 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 really good. Anything with Ian McShane, maybe maybe that's like the ongoing thing. Anything with Ian McShane, uh, worth is checking really, out. Really, really good to me. Killing Eve. I don't know if anybody. I need to into watch Killing that. Eve. That's that's it. That's is, the one that I have queued up now for Aaron and I to catch up on now that Game of Thrones is over. Yep. I don't want to talk about it too yeah, let's, much, let, but let's talk I've about never that seen anything later. like it. Yeah, um, please. Um, I was telling you guys the other day, I finally binged. I'm on the last episode of the AMC series that I think it was on last year called The Terror. Yeah. Holy shit. Like that show is amazing. It's great. Yeah. Holy crap. Like, I'm like obsessed with it. And I, you know, like I'm on the last episode and, and I was going to say the other series that I, I need to start that just started recently. I want to catch up on HBO's Chernobyl because I know Jared Harris is in that as well. And that's uh, he's amazing in the terror, but I, I apparently the, the Chernobyl series is 
incredible also. So I want to check out that on HBO, which is, I think it's on its third episode this week, which I think airs Monday nights. So I got to catch up on that. So hopefully I can start watching that. And then, uh, but yeah, then really the big one for me on the, uh, on the calendar here is, is for sure. Stranger things. Like I can't wait for that. That that's the other, that that's probably my other like event show, I guess in my, in my queue of like shows. Like, I feel like that's the one, like John said earlier. And I think maybe a couple of us mentioned, it's just like, that's the one that kind of when it hits, although it may be a little smaller and a little more niche, like everybody's talking about it. So I, I can't wait till that drops and we can all kind of hopefully you know fawn over it and just say how much we love it hopefully this season's great also um so i think that's it man that's that's maybe the last time we talk about game of thrones i don't know maybe maybe not i think it might be i mean this this uh uh, prequel spinoff might be coming in a couple years or a year or whenever they hbo takes a long time to tool a show sometimes so yeah it might be a bit, but um, you know I'm open to it. But I sort of think that this show was allowed to end in a way that felt final. There's no, there's not like a bunch of announcements out or a bunch of pictures or anything really um, that's competing with this in terms of what's coming next. Totally. This, totally, you know, if you think of it as a franchise, they haven't overloaded us with with information about the next thing, yeah. and I think that's that's appropriate. I, I want this to have time to kind of end. And and as you suggested earlier, this is a thing that has rewatch value now. It's on the shelf. You can you can take it off and, and watch it from beginning to end and and really see how the story unfolds and uh, you know maybe that will be really appealing to a new viewer um, at this totally, point. Yeah, but totally. I will say that what was special about the show and what you will miss forevermore about this if you didn't watch it week to week is that feeling of of everybody kind of going, did you see that shit last night? And yeah. I can't believe I can't believe they're going to make its way to week or a year or two years or whatever it can be for the next bit of story. So yeah, that part of it is done and dead, and that was fun as hell. And I, I did enjoy I did enjoy that part of it a lot. The uh, the appointment TV watching, and I hope there is something that captures everyone's attention soon that is as good or as fun to watch uh, because I do enjoy that kind of uh, you know that sense of suspense. That, yeah. That, yeah just carries over. I mean, it's almost annoying when you start watching a show and you go, oh, this could be eight years and I will still not know what's <laughs> what's going to happen here. But um, when something can do that, wow. Quite the achievement. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Movie Schmovie. You can find us at movieschmovie.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash movieschmovie. And uh, our podcasts are, are or should be available on pretty much any podcast platform out there. And uh, if you're listening to this in another way that you don't normally listen to podcasts and would prefer that we get onto that platform that you love, uh, let us know what it is. If you don't see us there, we'll, we'll try to find out how to get the, the podcast up on there so that you can catch up on some past episodes. Um, if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, want to talk about movies you're looking forward to, Facebook, again, is the, is the place to go. We'd love to talk to some listeners on there and see what's coming this summer that everybody's pumped for. And... Um, yeah, we'll probably get another episode out in a couple weeks here. And like John said earlier, we'll get back to talking about some movies. And uh, we'll go from there. But um, this has been episode 237 of Movie Schmovie. Um And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.